0: Aloha, and welcome to the Word of Hope, with Ralph Moore, pastor of Hope Chapel Kaneohe. Hope Chapel exists to grow ordinary people into faithful, productive followers of Jesus Christ, equipping them through Bible teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. Today our guest speaker, Pastor Carl Moore, joins us again with a message entitled, Purchased for a Price. This is part two, we're still in the book of Ephesians. And now, let's join Pastor Carl. Well, we're back in Ephesians and we're again walking through it just a few verses at a time just to totally dig deep into what it has to say for us. And what we're talking about today is that God paid this huge price for us. And God said, But I love those people so much. I love them so much. I created them to have a relationship with them. How can I get them back? How can I buy them back? And so that's where He came up with the idea. Well, the one thing that I have that is my most true possession, Jesus Christ. I guess I have to pay that ultimate price just so I can love those people and have a relationship again with them. So he, here's, here's God saying, you guys don't deserve it. There's nothing you did to deserve it. But just because my grace, my undeserved favor for you, because I love you, I like you, just who you are, I'm going to pay this huge sacrifice and I'm going to send my son to die on the cross. But now it comes back on us comes back on us saying, wow, God did this awesome thing to enter into a relationship with us. How are we investing back in that relationship? And so what I want to talk about today is I just want to just hit on some everyday points of how you ought to be investing in God, investing in that relationship, that two-way relationship, and how it's going to maybe make you feel a little uncomfortable to be in the world, but it's going to make you so comfortable with God and He's going to bless your life. So what are you going to put back into the relationship? How are you going to invest in the relationship? And that's kind of what we're, we're getting at today as we go through Ephesians chapter 1. What about substances that we use to sometimes get drunk, get high? Sometimes we, we take a beer to two beers to three beers to four beers or whatever. Or you, you're starting to take different substances that, wow, it makes me feel really good and I'm closer to God. I'm like, no, you're not, you know. You're so far away from God. God says, don't be drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Basically, what he's trying to tell us is, I can make you feel high on me. I can give you my Holy Spirit. You know, when you guys are in worship sometimes this morning, and you're just, oh, you're in the zone, you know. You're just like, yes, God, you know. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. You're all excited. That's the kind of high that God can give you without the hangover, without the guilt, without having to pay money for it, without all of that ruining your body. God says, you don't have to turn to that stuff for instant gratification. Turn to me. I'll bless you. I'll take care of you. Don't worry about it. Don't don't turn to that other stuff. That's no good for you. Just turn to me. My Holy Spirit will give you a high. Brings us to the next point, the Holy Spirit, because that's kind of an item of controversy, right? Even in the Christian world. But especially in the non-Christian world, when they go, What? Miracles? No, I don't believe in that. Well, you just saw it right in front of you. I don't care. I don't believe it. That's weird. Just don't bring that stuff around me. You know? And there's people that in the world are going, that Holy Spirit thing, it's weird. And what do you mean you can speak in some other language? It's a heavenly language. Gift of tongues. What's that all about? Even as Christians, we kind of get like that. And God goes, You know what? It's gonna make you a little bit uncomfortable. Because my ways Are higher than your ways. You don't understand them, but I promise they're there to bless you. And so when we talk about the Holy Spirit, even as Christians, it makes us feel uncomfortable. But guess what? It's all over God's Word, it's all over the Bible. And remember that God is the the Trinity, the triune God. There's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, not just Father and Son. He's the one that operates in us, He's the tool that empowers us. Jesus Himself said, Hey, I'm here among you, I'm doing miracles. But it's time for me to go, guys. I got to go. I got to go prepare mansions for you in heaven. But I'm going to leave you with the Holy Spirit. He's going to empower you to go out there and witness for me. He's going to empower you to see miracles done, to do healings, to speak directly words from me and to hear words from me. He's the one that's going to empower you to have all this wisdom and understanding and peace and guidance and, and rest and all of this stuff. And if we're Christians who are saying, well, I'm a little uncomfortable with that, Well, then we're not really investing in that relationship with God that he invested by sending his son to die on the cross. So we got to get used to this. What about just something like revenge? You know, we think I'm a good Christian, but if someone crosses me, I'm going to get them back. You know, and some of us are like that. We know that I live for God and everything, but oh, if someone does something to me, they're going to get theirs. And God's going, no, 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 that's not the way it works. You know, when we drive, I'm bad at this. This is why this one convicts me, is I'm all about the road rage. Not rage, but, you know, I'm all about, someone cuts me off, ooh, they're going to pay for it. I'm going to tail them, or I'm going to go speed up and cut them off. And It's so bad. Like, I mean, this is ever since I first got my license, I had like four speeding tickets, you know, on the same road when I was like high school times. So bad. But this is something God's always convicted me. Just be a peaceful driver. Don't worry. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Someone crosses you, Hey, let God take care of them. Don't worry about it. And don't try to tell God how to take care of them either. Like, God, this is how you should get them back. I'm not going to do it, God, but you better do this to them. Here's a good way, perfect opportunity. God's going, no, 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 just relax. I don't want you to have stress. Invest in the relationship with me. Don't worry about other people. I'll, I'll take care of them. The other day we were driving. Um, I was with Stanton, our worship leader. And he was driving in his car, and I was a passenger. And we were driving, and we were coming from... Um, leaky leaky over here and we were coming up Cahakili and we were going to make the left turn to come up to the church right to, off of Cahakili to, to come up the road and we started to get into the lane and all of a sudden this van comes flying on the side, outside Brrr, and I'm like oh I know they're going to try to just come in because they want to jump into the lane in front of us I know it's going to happen and I'm over there don't let them in don't let them in so Saturn speeds up Saturn speeds up and I look at who it is and I see their face like oh oh, man, this person's blocking me. And I look, Tisha! (laughs) (laughs) And here she is like this, too. She's like, who's this person? (laughs) Oh, hi! (laughs) Trying to play it off. Busted! (laughs) And so, of course... Of course we didn't let her in. We sped up. She had to get behind. It was just super funny. But that's how I am on the road. I'm totally that guy, you know, that's like I said brr. Oh no you don't. Bam. you know? <laughs> You're not coming in. But that's another place where we can say, God, I gotta I gotta lay off that stuff. It's gonna get me into trouble. I'm gonna get in an accident. Cops gonna pull me over, someone's gonna come pull me over and beat me up or something and And God's going, how are you investing in the relationship in your everyday life? All the way down to silly stuff like the way you drive, you know? Are you going to be living for yourself and driving for yourself? Or are you going to invest in the relationship that I've called you to? See, I sacrificed my son on the cross. You can sacrifice a little road rage for me. You can sacrifice a little, ooh, revenge. No, no. I'm going to invest in this relationship because I want my life to be life to the fullest. Uh, What about gossip? How many of you guys in here are real bad at gossip? I'm just kidding. You don't have to raise your hand. Some of you guys are like, yeah. Oh. (laughs) Gossip. Gossip is one that always screws us up because we don't realize it until after we've said it, right? Because we go into it just thinking, I'm just talking here. I'm just stating fact. You know, the other day this happened and, you know, I'm just stating fact. It's just, just facts. You know, I'm not... You know, this, it's just the fact that this guy's a jerk. He's an idiot. I hate him. I want to kill him. And, oh, whoops. You know? And God's going, see how easy it is to gossip? He goes, who are you investing in? What, what kind of, what are you putting into this relationship? See, I want to bless you. I've got these plans for you. If you do it my way, I'm going to bless you with all of this stuff. But what can you sacrifice? I sacrifice a great price. What can you give up? Mm, I think I'll give up the gossip. People start talking just go, Oh, I don't, I don't know that person, and maybe we shouldn't say that about them. If they're not here. Walk away. But again, it's kind of uncomfortable in the world, right? The world's standards is just say whatever you want, but to be a Christian, a real Christian that's investing in this relationship, it's uncomfortable. See, when I gave up my singleness, my singlehood, to be a husband, it was kind of uncomfortable because I couldn't just go and surf whenever I wanted. I couldn't just eat everything that I wanted to eat, I suddenly have to be aware of my wife and say, honey, where do you want to eat tonight if we go out to a restaurant? And I had to start thinking, oh yeah, this is the car I want to buy. Oh, what car do you think we should get, honey? You know? (laughs) Stuff like that. It's like, it made me a little uncomfortable compared to my old lifestyle, the singleness. But when I invest in my wife and in this relationship, my marriage is so good and I don't want to be single anymore. I love being married. And it's the same thing with God. We can't look to our old ways anymore because we're investing in this relationship with him and it's going to be good. It's going to be life to the fullest. A couple other hard things is just the daily devotions, right? Having daily devotions. The world says, are you kidding me? You wake up early to read something every day? You read the Bible? What? What is that all about? I need all the sleep I can get. And you're going, no, no, I'm going to set my alarm clock a little early so I can get up, enjoy a cup of coffee with the Lord. And I can just read his word and get fed and spend some time talking to him in prayer. And that's going to bless my day. And the world's going, I don't even have time to read the back of the box of cereal when I'm eating. You know, I'm out the door. And you're going, no, no, I'm, I'm going to take time for God. Yeah, it's by the world's standards, it's kind of weird and uncomfortable. But yeah, I'm going to wake up early because I want God to bless me. So I'm going to go and I'm going to spend some time with him. Um, and then just stuff like your attitude how you treat your family, how you treat your friends around you. Um, you could be investing by saying, God, I want to be the best husband, the best wife I can be, the best mom, the best you know, dad, whatever it is. You can be saying, God, that's how I want to treat my family and those around me. Or you can just be, well, I'm just going to live for myself. Someone makes me mad at them and yell at them. And I don't want to feel like, feel like hanging out with my family, so I'm just going to, instead of going home tonight, I'm going to go over to my friend's house or go to a bar, waste away the night. They'll be asleep by the time I get home. I don't want to have to deal with them. No, God's going, hey, invest in me and my ways, and you're going to have an awesome family. You know, let me make you into that father, that that husband, or that wife, or whatever that, that God's called you to be. I promise your life will be much better for it. So the main point of what we're talking about is that it's a two-way relationship, that I, I understand that now that I'm married, it's not enough just to, to go through that wedding ceremony and be married, but I have to pour into it. I have to learn to like Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant movies. You know? <laughs> Guys, you know what I'm talking about? You'd rather watch the Arnold Schwarzenegger or something, and your wife's like, "Oh, let's go watch the. Oh man chick flick, you know, and you're like over there hiding in the theater, like oh boy, what am I doing sitting here watching this movie? I had to learn that I have to invest in the relationship with my wife, and I have to learn to like those movies. I have to at least sit through them and be able to answer questions when she quizzes me afterwards, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, okay, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. You know, it's tough, but there's things that I have to do. See, my wife likes to call me on the cell phone like ten times a day just to say, Hi, what are you doing? I love you, you know? And I'm over there. I'm like, typical guy. You just get focused, right? I'm on my laptop, and I'm just concentrating. I'm like, focus, you know? Like, bring, bring. oh, man. I Look who it is. Oh, no. Like, yeah, hello. And like, hi, how are you? I'm like, I'm good, but I'm working, you know? Like, And I have to learn. So I have to just put that thing aside, or I have to close it. Because otherwise, I'll be talking and still looking at it. I have to learn to put that thing aside and say, you know what? To invest in this marriage, this is what my wife needs. And this is what I need. It's going to be good for me. So I sit and I just go, I'm good. How are you? How's your day? What's going on? And it's, sometimes we only chat for like a minute or two. And if it was my way, I'd be getting so irritated. Like, oh, why does she call all the time? But again, it's like, I got to invest in this relationship. I love my wife. She loves me enough to call me all the time. I got to be able to, to love her, show that love back. And it really ask, well, how are you doing? Why did you call? You must be feeling kind of bummed. Oh, this or that. And, oh, good. Well, can I pray for you? How are you doing? Let's make plans for dinner. And it's like a good thing. It's become a good thing in my life. Whereas by, you know, my single standards, I'd be like, what? I don't want someone checking in on me 10 times a day. But in a marriage relationship, hey, I love my wife. She loves me enough to call me that much. I better talk to her and invest back. And there's things that I have to do in that relationship in order to get the best marriage that I can have. And my marriage is pretty good. It's not perfect, but it's pretty good because I have to force myself to give back. And that's where we're at with God. But let's go on to the next verse. Um, verse eight, it says, he showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. And again, the word kindness just means grace. He gives us things because, that we don't deserve just because he loves us. Grace is what put Christ on the cross. Grace says that you people are unworthy. You don't deserve to have relationship with me, but simply because I love you, not because you did anything to earn it, I'm going to put my son on that cross to die for you, and you're going to have a relationship with me. That's the grace, but sometimes he gives us grace in the small areas, like you've had your eye on something that you want to buy, you know, like Um, I know for me it's like electronic gadgets guys we always think that way right and I had my eye on like a big screen tv for a long time and I was trying to save money for it and finally we got like the the windfall someone gave us all this money and so we were cool we were wise with the money invest in the college savings and put some in our regular savings and then there's still some left over and like honey can we you know it's like left over and Kanani's like, yeah, okay, I know how much you wanted. And, you know, we were smart with the money. You put some away and did all of this. And so you, you go, I go out looking, and God gets you just the best deal on it. God hooked me up with this deal, $200 off, da 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 And it was just like, wow, I could totally see God's hand in it. And that's God's grace in my life, saying, I love you. You're my kid, and that's something you want. You don't need it, really. But just because I love you, I'm going to give you a good deal, and I'm going I'm to answer your heart's desire on that. Wow, God, thank you for your grace. Or you ever get a day off and you're like, oh, yes, a day just to do whatever I want to do. And the cell phone actually doesn't ring at all. You know, no one's calling you. Most of the time you get a day off and people are still calling you and you're like, ah. And it's one of those days where you just get to have the day off. And at the end of the day, you're like, oh, the phone never rang. I actually had a good day off. Thank you, God. Thank you for that small little thing. That's your grace in my life that you're just looking out for me. Small things like that. Is that you've been praying for a while for the right relationship, and there's the perfect girl for you, and she's at church, and she's a Christian. Wow, God, you're so awesome, you know? And God's going, hey, I take care of my kids, you know? Don't worry about it, I got you covered. And that's God's grace in our lives. And then it says, He's also given us that along with all wisdom and understanding. And the wisdom and understanding He gives us is basically when we weren't Christians. We didn't really know how to live our lives too good. When Christ came into our lives, he gave us the wisdom to now really know God personally and say, oh, now I understand what's going on in my life. Now I understand why I needed God. Now I know how to live and make right decisions. And sometimes it'll come along in those those perfect times like the gift of wisdom. The Holy Spirit will give it to you. Isaiah 11.2 is the, the verse that refers to the Holy Spirit as the spirit of wisdom and understanding. That he is our source of wisdom and understanding. He's where it comes from. So again, if we're saying, I'm not comfortable with the Holy Spirit, well, you're missing out on some of his gifts. He's the spirit of wisdom and understanding. You know, sometimes you're reading your Bible, you've been going through a problem all week long, and you're just like, I don't know what to do, I'm so bummed out, I don't know what's going on. You read your Bible, and you read one little verse, and suddenly you have the wisdom from one little thing that God gave you. You go into work and you're like, I have the solution. I have the answer. I've been stressing all week, and God just gave me this this morning. And da 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 da. And there's your whole your whole problem is gone because God gave you the wisdom through His Word or through someone talking to you or through prayer that you just suddenly like, I know the answer. It all makes sense. Wow! And that's God's wisdom that He wants to give you. Sometimes it happens through reading the Word, hearing a sermon. Someone will pray with you. Sometimes you just get the perfect words. At the perfect time, someone comes to you and they're hurting and they're going through something and they're like, oh, what do you say? What, what advice can you give me? And you're like, I don't know. You know, and you pray and then you start talking and all of a sudden, whatever words were the right words comes across. And you can tell because that person breaks down in tears and just thank you. That's what I needed to hear. And you're like what I say, you know, you don't know. But that's God's wisdom working through you. You're saying words that are not your own but they came at the right time and in the right perfect solution to the problem, and you're able to bless someone. That's his wisdom and understanding that he's poured out upon us. Sometimes it's just the wisdom and understanding to understand why bad things happen to us. When you're not a Christian, you just go, oh, my life sucks. This bad stuff happened to me. Oh, that's lame. How can I forget about that? Well, have a beer or something, you know? And when you're a Christian, You believe in Romans 8.28 that says that God works everything to the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose. That you can now look at life with wisdom and say, well, now I understand why these five things in a row just went wrong. It's because God was trying to do this great, awesome thing over here, and that's worth it. Wow, how did I have the wisdom to figure that out? Well, God's giving you that wisdom and understanding to see why negative things happen sometimes so that good things can come out of them. But when you're not a Christian, you don't understand that. You don't recognize it. But God gives that to you as a Christian. Or maybe it's just the fact that when, when you didn't know God in your life, every decision you made was a dumb decision. Yeah? Why am I dating this person? They're just milking me dry. Or, you know, they, they hate me and they cheat on me. Or Why do I have this job? It's going nowhere. This isn't even the giftings that I think I'm good at. I'm doing this other thing. Every decision you make is wrong. Oh, I'm in financial debt, I got credit cards, I got this and that, and I don't know what to do. And when Jesus came into your life, he suddenly gave you the wisdom to make the right decisions. Now that I know God, it seems like, wow, I'm dating the right person, they're good for me, I'm good for them. Oh, God led me to this other job that's way better for me. Oh, God's showing me how to talk to my kids, I never knew how to talk to them before. You suddenly are filled with all this wisdom and understanding that didn't exist in your life before. That's what God is saying. Hey, I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to shower this grace and kindness on you, along with all this wisdom and understanding. The next two verses say, God's secret plan has now been revealed to us. It's a plan centered on Christ, designed long ago according to his good pleasure. And this is his plan. At the right time, he'll bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Basically, what he's saying here is that his secret plan has now been revealed. And it's not that he was purposely hiding something from us. It's just that when we found Christ and we figured out that God's secret plan was the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news, the fact that everything in heaven and on earth is going to fall under his authority, that his plan is that every person on this planet would come to know him because he's reaching out and he wants to love us. That his perfect plan that was a secret for so long, now we understand it. Now we get it. When we find Jesus and we go, now life makes sense. Now I understand that the whole world was in darkness and sin before and Jesus came to be the solution. Now I know I can live my life for him. Now I know that the more I pour into this relationship, the more he's going to pour back to me. Now I understand the secret plan that says he wants all all of the world to know him. And now I know that it's my job to go out there and bring other people to know Him and to know the secret plan as well. Wow, God, that's your secret plan. That's amazing. And God's going to show you that when you become a Christian. But He's also going to show you plans, personal plans for your life. Some of you guys can remember where you were at when you got saved. And that God, when you got saved, God started to whisper things in your ear. Hey, I have plans for you. You know, like in the Bible, it says, Elijah, that God whispered in his ear. A still, small voice. He says, hey, I'm going to direct you. Guess what? That person you're dating, you don't have to date them any longer. i got someone else better for you out there. Wow, God. He starts showing you different things. Hey, you know what? The way you've been living, if you stop doing this and start doing this, life's going to get better. Oh, okay. And you know that gift that you have that no one knows about? I'm going to start using that for my glory because I think you're pretty good at that. And I think you're cool, and I want you to use that now. Okay, God, wow, thanks. He starts giving you these plans. And you know what? You're not going to live over here anymore. I'm going to call you to live somewhere else because I'm going to bless you more if you go move over here. Really? And he starts giving you all these plans. But these are the plans that he still gives us in our lives. You know, I went the other day to someone that has a gift of prophecy. And she spoke words directly from God into my life. And they lined up. It wasn't just like her saying stuff. It was like, man, I know that's God's words. It lined up with other prophetic words I've had in my life. But the cool thing is it lined up with what God has personally been telling me in my head in my own personal prayer and my own personal Bible reading. And I knew that, wow, God, you really are speaking to me. And you're constantly telling me that what Jeremiah 29, 11 says, hey, I have good plans for you. I have plans for you that aren't going to harm you, but I have a hope and a future for you. And if you keep listening to me, that I'm going to keep whispering those plans and your life's going to get way better. But that brings us all the way back to what we were talking about in the first place. God invested a terrible price so that he could have a relationship with us. You know, the, the, the bread and the juice that we partook of this morning, the broken body of his son and the blood that was spilled, that was a heavy price. He invested in this relationship to, to have us. And the question would go back to you. Now that I know your secret plans, God, now that I know what this world's all about and that, that they all need to know you and that I can have a better life, now it's up to me to give back to you. How can I serve you? How can I invest in this relationship? Just like husband and wife, it's a two-way deal. How can I lay my life down to serve you? And I understand, God, that's going to make me a little uncomfortable by the world's standards, but that's okay because I'm investing in something better and you promise to make my life far greater life to the fullest. You've been listening to The Word of Hope with Ralph Moore, pastor of Hope Chapel Kaneohe.